We are on a mission. A mission to save and revitalize independent pharmacy. On the Catalyst Pharmacy Podcast, you will get actionable business advice, hear stories from industry leaders, and share a laugh with us. Fuel your passion for pharmacy one conversation at a time. Hey, how's it going, Mark? Hey, man. How are you? Good. You made it home. I did. I did. I did. It looks like you did as well. Yeah. Yeah. Good trip. Good stuff. Right. Where was it? It was in, not NCPA. What, uh, NACDS. NACDS. Yeah. Regional. Different. Yes. Uh, yes. Different. We were acronyms. both in Florida where the weather was so, weather was, it was cold here. I was happy to get there where it was warm. And it was 70 degrees in the conference room. In case you went, Mark. <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> I really did. I was there. Wow. <laughs> I was at the at the bar. It was like 67. So. Wow. <laughs> You've met Brandon, Brandon Bruno. He is the uh, producer of, yep. of Catalyst Podcast. He's in the background making it all happen. He's probably been the only person who's been on every show <laughs> in some way. Um, Tell Brandon, thank you for sending the makeup crew. I really appreciate that. You know, <laughs> yeah. 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 We even did a rent a crowd for you after this. Um, so, uh, Kevin's here with us too. He works in the studio with us, man. If, 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 uh, if Brandon built the engine, uh, Kevin keeps it oiled. So, um, if, if you worked with him, uh, he's been great as well. Josh Howland is here. He is our SVP of pharmacy systems. I think that's I what we changed what it to something like that. GM of pharmacy management. Systems. <laughs> there you go. There you really? go. Really? Yeah. Wow. I know. Right. Look at him. So yeah. now I get Aaron to be Lee. responsible for not breaking three pharmacy systems instead of one. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Well, that's a, that's a challenge for sure. Yeah. 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 Um, I am here. I am for anyone who doesn't know me. I'm the senior vice president of sales for Red Sale. Uh, Bill, I wrote, I wrote you a little bit of an intro. Can I read it for you? Sure. All right. Sure. All right. All right. Um, so everyone knows Bill Osborne, but if you don't, he's a president of Osborne Drugs. Um board member uh, or trustee, I can't remember what, exactly what it's called, of the NCPA Foundation Board, past president of NCPA as well, current chairman of Align RX. Um, Unify as well, are you the chairman of that board there for Unify? Not, cur well? Not no. currently, okay, okay, no. I thought you did. Uh, SureScripts Board of Directors member as well, and president-elect, is this like your eighth time? I'm not sure. Uh, president-elect of the Oklahoma Pharmacist Association, <laughs> Bill, I don't know what I would say. Bill Osborne. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that, that was a fun, uh, you know, I was in line to be president of the Pharmacy Association 30 years ago. Okay. And uh, I got appointed to the State Board of Pharmacy. And so uh, you had to resign uh, to it. be on the board. So I resigned. I served for 10 years. And, yep. and I thought, well, I've done my service. And then I, I tell you, our, our state association has done such a good job. Uh, at the grassroots level, yeah, uh, creating great PBM bills and things like that. It, it's just important to be a part of. So I've, I'm excited about being a part of it. I just I'm not 30 years old anymore, so uh, <laughs> you know, I'll have to have to take it slow. I feel like you've got the <laughs> workload of someone who's, yeah, who's yeah. Uh, 30 or 35. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Like you, you're always doing stuff. So I was kind of bummed about my workload, and then you describe all the things Bill does. How weak we look. I feel lazy. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying um, there's also stuff on there listed. Like you said, you served 10 years. 
uh, on the board of pharmacy. There's so much stuff not listed. That was just the current things Bill's doing, everyone. Um, also, so before we're going to we're going to talk about a few things. I want I want to hit on um, a little bit of PBM reform, a little bit of like uh, post retro DIR fee world, all of that stuff. Like what's what's kind of what you're trending, what you're looking at in 2024. But before I do any of that stuff, what I'd like to do, because I know a lot of people know you, Bill, but I think a lot of people haven't met you too at the same time. What can we start with the journey of what how Bill Osborne got into pharmacy? Well, it's it's a kind of a family affair. So okay. uh, I, I'm a second generation pharmacist. Okay. Um, uh, I always uh, talk to other pharmacy owners. I have a, I have a good joke that I tell that, um, and it kind of makes them uh, stop a little bit. And I'll say, "Well, I work for my father. I'm gone to work in the family business." And I said, "So I said, congratulations. You're a member of the SOB club." <laughs> and they're like, uh, "What's the what's SOB it? club?" I said, that? "Son of boss." <laughs> 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 but uh, I, I, my dad bought, uh, always wanted to own his own store, uh, graduated from UMKC back in the late 50s. Okay. Um, was able to find, he, he kept, stopped having kids, had five kids. And so uh, raised by a single fam, parent. And uh, so as he, he had to work, started working in downtown Miami, he's 13 years old, shining shoes and doing all those things. And okay. so he, um, um, after that, it got through, went to pharmacy school, worked all the way through, got out. All he wanted to do was own his own store, and okay. he didn't have the capital to do it. So okay. finally, in 1968, he bought out his his uh, mentor, a gentleman named John Wiley, and Wiley Rexall Drug. Okay. And uh, it was Wiley Cole Rexall Drug. And then in 1971, he bought out uh, Max Cole, and so Osborne Drug was formed. Okay. Um, so that's how that Osborne Drug was formed. And then, uh, so after, you know, I was... 13 years old every Saturday uh, from 13 all the way through high school I had a dust rag and a seat hmm. and I dusted the pharmacy from one end to the other and when I finished I started again uh, but okay. I always wanted to be a pharmacist and so saw how he acted and how he uh, operated in the community and that that's always been important to how you you know pharmacy was a profession to him it was not a job and it was a career and so uh, I learned that. And then I, you know, I, I, uh, I still remember I went to junior college, played junior college basketball. And, and, uh, as my brother always says, uh, he was there, there three years before me. And, uh, we were the only two people whose, uh, grade point average was higher than your scoring <laughs> average. So, uh, we realized it was time to maybe move on to, uh, uh, academic deal. And so I started sure. doing pharmacy, uh, pre-pharmacy and, Went to the University of Oklahoma, graduated in yep. uh, 1984, came back uh, to the family business, and uh, it was a great time to do that. I mean, things like uh, the first year was back, we changed pharmacy system. We did all kinds of things, and it was oh, just wow. fun to be a part of those decisions and yeah. make things happen. So, yeah. Wow. So yeah, I, I won't that's, hold that's how the, I ended up where I am, I guess. So yeah, I won't hold the the OU part. Oh against gosh, you. forget we have a Longhorn. I'm sorry, <laughs> Bill. <laughs> okay, it, you know what? The it just means more now with the Longhorns. You know the yeah. SEC thing. Oh, so I, I know. Just, right. uh, I get the play. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be fun. I I really want like for the first time in my life, I, I want to root for Oklahoma to just go in and dominate in the SEC with Texas. Right, you yeah. don't want to hear the like. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Luckily, Alabama is yeah. going to be bad next year. Little little chip on the shoulder yeah. about the SEC. Yeah. All right. Okay. 
Uh, and I also, think both our fan bases have a little uh, humbling, I think, coming. So. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's it's going to be yeah. tough, but you know, we'll see. Yeah. Fair enough. So, you know, one thing I was thinking about with, with you talking there, you know, you're up to what, 29 stores around there now? No, we just, we bought a store in December. Oh, okay. Uh, Matthew Strug in Girard, 30. Kansas. I have a partner there, Rhea Shibe, and just energetic, kind of close to her hometown. Yeah. And so, uh, that's, that's been our latest purchase. So we're, we're at 30 now. So nice. that's a big number for us. So, so who started the the growth? Was that your dad? Did he stay in one store and you did the other 29 or how'd that go? No. Well, well in 1971, you know, dad, like I said, wanted to own his own store, never could had to have the capital to do so. Uh, realized after paying off the, the store in Miami that there were people just like, mm. and there was a young man at the time named Jim Spoon and, and, uh, Jim had worked, was from Miami, had worked for dad, had moved to Tulsa. And they said, Hey, if you ever want to buy a store or whatever, give me a call. Let's do a store together. So they went in and started buying, uh, they bought a store and Spoon Drug's been our partner for over 40 years. Okay. Uh, Jim is a, is a great pharmacist leader as well. You know, um, he, um, but anyway, that was the start of it. And uh, when I came back in 1984, I think we had three, maybe four locations um and then uh and we've grown a little bit as we go and we take people that work with us and you know i always tell people if you work together for three or four years and you still like each other then let's go buy a store together and um our model has worked out really well uh it's it's unique in the marketplace um and but and because of our structure osborne drug owns half of the stores and then you know mark if you and i bought a store together you don't have and osborne drug would own half and then Josh of Osborne Drug would do the same. And what that's given is a common ownership, mm-hmm. which allows mm-hmm. us to, uh, people say, are you a chain or are you an independent? And my answer always is, what do I need to be? Yeah, what, right. that's a good good you know, answer. What, what benefits yeah. it? So we've been able to take economy of scale and uh, uh, really help our partners make money. And the difference between what we have from a franchise model and what we do is we have an equity model. Mm-hmm. So. We don't make money, you know, in, in a franchise model, you get your fee up front, you hope the guy makes it, but yeah. you, don't, you don't really have that much in the game. Fair. For us, it's about equity. And so we make money together and uh, it it's not always perfect, but it, it works well. So. Well, let's, let's go deeper into that a little bit. I had that on the, on the list too. Um, how many partners um, have, uh, you, have you guys helped? 21, okay. Yeah. 21 and, and growing and growing. It seems like. Yeah. And, and we have, um, um, you know, like I said, some stores, we have two partners. We have some partners that own uh, more than one. Sure. Uh, uh, and uh, we do it together. But uh, yeah, it's it's a real, uh, our tax uh, tax uh, lady loves all the taxes and the payrolls and all that stuff because <laughs> there's a lot to do. Oh, there's yeah. a lot to do. So p- part of that too, like um, I think something that's pretty unique about your model is you guys warehouse your own SKUs at times as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, like what you can do with, imagine if you had a, a pool of resources for 30 pharmacies, how do you leverage that the most to, to buy efficiently and buy really well? I think you guys have, have, have figured out a model that really works for you in, in, in warehousing your own SKUs and, and getting everyone to buy into everybody. We've got to buy this way. Yeah. And, and it's, it is, uh, I've learned a long time ago. Um, you don't want to tell people how to do things. You want them to want to do. All right. Right. And so mm-hmm. if they want to buy from your warehouse and you can make those things right. But you know, the warehouse came from uh, my relationship on the 
chain side of the industry. And uh, I was able to be asked to be a part of an organization. Originally, it was called the CDC. Uh, now it's the Premier Value Alliance. Chain. And uh, okay. yeah, yeah. there are several regional chains in there. And that that opened the door for us to see, like I said, pharmacy from a different angle, a different mm-hmm. view. And, and uh, they invited us to be a part of their group. And so uh, we've grown a lot in that warehouse space because of that. We now buy with, uh, uh, we're part of the Topco group and buy our generic warehouse products through Topco. Got it. Got it. Got it. Um, okay. Well, that's, that's huge. Can I read you something? Okay. I, <laughs> I, I did a little research. Um, I went and asked a few people uh, in very, like, uh, I'll say this, at very limited time. So only one of them was able to really get back to me. Um, since this is kind of the same, this goes down the same vein. So this is a little bit of a surprise to you, but I just wanted to, Uh-oh, this was good. really cool that someone wrote and uh, I'll, I'll give you who it is after I read it. Um, I've known Bill since I graduated pharmacy school. His dad, his dad and Bill are truly salt of the earth people. We've bought our first store together in 2010. So you probably know who I'm talking about already. We moved out of Oklahoma to Kansas to buy our stores in Kansas. Uh, I don't think my mom will speak to him because of that, but <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, their model has allowed many young pharmacists like me to be able to own stores at a younger age. Um, his mentorship, his, window, his wisdom has been invaluable to me throughout the years. One of the things I respect the most about Bill, and I think this really comes through in all of the things you're a part of, um, is he truly cares about the profession, sacrifices so much time and energy for the greater good. Pharmacy is truly better today because of Bill Osborne um, by Darren Price. So, Dar- What an outstanding young man. I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, the, the model is very, very kind, and, and he's so talented, and and he's like me. He married up. He's got Renee with him. Who's <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I've met. Yeah, I've met. Her. Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, he has and, no business. What I love about our model <laughs> is I really feel like we're planting seeds. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't. I'm not up front in Derek's businesses. I'm not up front in Jim's businesses. Yeah. We're just in the background trying to help them be more upfront. Right. And yeah. and you talk about where innovation comes from. A lot of the innovations that we have today, we always learn from other people. But honestly, it's trying to keep up with a guy like Derek, oh, all yeah. the different things they're doing, yeah. Yeah, trying we try to, keep to keep up, up. with a yeah. Brian West in Parsons, Kansas. Yeah. Steve Pryor and I went to school together years ago in, in uh, Enid, Oklahoma. I mean, it's just the, the, you know, it's just amazing. For example, when I was president of NCPA in 2018, uh, Steve Pryor from Enid was president of ACA okay, and uh, Rodney Skinner, our partner in Elk City, Oklahoma, he was president of the Oklahoma Pharmacists Association. So, hmm. you know, you just see this community-minded uh, partnerships out there and, you know, we're still looking and, and trying to find opportunities to grow and, and uh, but uh, that's very kind words from Darren. And, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, he asked me to ask uh, about something, but we'll say that for the end of the podcast. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. We'll save that to the end. It's more fun. Um, right. uh, the other thing, so well, the thing I wanted to hit on too was this is a, a marriage you're making really with, with partners right. in general, Osborne drugs. It is the whole group probably a little bit too has to kind of all like be able to work with each other. What do you look for when you're, when you're, when someone's approaching you or maybe even you're approaching them, I don't know, uh, as far as like alignment with values, with with what Osborne Drugs in this group is about and relative to what they want, what are you looking for to overlap, I guess? You know, part of it is you got to be willing to be involved in your community. Okay. So mm-hmm. if you're involved in your community, you're going to be um, uh, that you're the face of the organization. So 
you know, your kids are going to school there, you're you're going to church there, you're involved with people. It it creates a personal touch in pharmacy that is yeah. very even more rare today than it's ever been. And uh, and then so it allows them to do it. You need an entrepreneurial spirit. Okay. That right. spirit is is um you know, one of my concerns about pharmacy as a career today is so many of our pharmacists are are, are uh, time clock hunters. Mm-hmm. And, and, it, and I, I mean, they're so worried about, well, I, I, I clock it in at nine, I get off at six and I get an hour off. And, and an entrepreneurial spirit is you work till the job's done and yeah. you get things done and you, and, but the difference is you're working for yourself. Mm-hmm. So you right. have a different attitude and, and I'm not against people that do that. And I understand organizations that you work for, you have to, have sure. to do that. Yeah. But I think it's somebody willing to, you know, go that extra mile or do those extra things maybe. Uh, and you see it even even when they're a staff pharmacist, you know, those 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 mm, uh, okay. uh, skills come out. Yep. So you basically use a staff pharmacist as an interview for somebody you might want to open a store with. Yeah, Could and, and yeah. I think it's that's why I said you got to work together because yeah. if you know what, Josh, you, you may think you know, Bill, your teeth are crooked. I can't I can't <laughs> open a store with you, or you know whatever those reasons. And the other thing that's critical um, is it's a family decision. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. it's not an individual decision. Right. If your family is not involved, if your spouse or significant other is not a part of that decision, then you will not be successful because happy wife, happy life is true. Right. Right. <laughs> so, right. Uh, you know, um, and I, I think uh, I love the story about Darren, you know, is, is they had a store that they thought they were going to buy in their hometown. And, and uh, we had this opportunity in Winfield and, and he was so excited about doing that. And, 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 uh, his mom was, I do think she was unhappy with me, but I think, she's, <laughs> I think she's forgiving me now. I think, I she, I think y'all are, I think you're on speaking terms now, I'm sure. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> so, you know, one of the things that you face, we face as well on the, the red tail pioneer side is you've got multiple partners that you don't own all of, right? But you've got to convince them that the way that the organization's going to go, they want to go to. So how do you control, or not really control, how do you convince 21 other people to march with you? Uh, you know, and part how can of it I is do that you too? have mutual respect to them. Mm-hmm. You know, you, 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 uh, you know, I, I remember, and I'm not as good, uh, my father who started this before me, every Friday would call every partner. Hmm. Well, I, I got 21 partners. I can't, I can't do that every Friday, but I try to communicate on a regular basis. I think, um, there's a trust factor there and you got to make sure that you don't uh, betray that trust mm-hmm. and make sure you're transparent with them about what we're doing. And, uh, you know, hopefully what, what we can do is show them a positive effect of the bottom line. And if mm-hmm. you can show the positive effect of the bottom line, it's easier to get people to buy in. For sure. For sure. Right. Start seeing results. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, cause that, that's definitively one of the things that we're trying to do. And you know, your, your comment about, are you a chain? Are you independent? what do you need me to be is very much aligned with what we're trying to do, right? How do you push the profession of pharmacy forward, but still maintain 6,000 independent people operating completely independently, right? Right. Like it's a, how do we march together in the same direction, but still let you keep all of the cool things that make you independent and special Nobody wants, like I worked for Walgreens. I don't want to do it again. I know most of the people who own a pharmacy at some point worked in a chain. They're -hmm. independent for a reason, but there are certain things we have to do together, right? 
And I understand the frustration. I mean, think about this. We have 30 locations. All of our locations are always on the same software path platform. Uh, so mm -hmm. we're all on Pioneer. Every one of our stores uses it a little different. Yeah. I mean, they, mm -hmm, you know, we don't have some uh, policy and procedure that says this is how you're going to do it. Right. We're allowing them to, to within within limits, figure out how they're going to do it their way. And uh, it, it's it's fascinating to watch if you go to one of those stores to how different they are, but yet the same the same bones are there. Mm -hmm. It's just how they're using it. And uh, it's, it's pretty neat. And, uh, you know, one of our challenges with Pioneer, I, I'm always proud of what we did with Pioneer. I think we converted 28 stores at the time. Oh, yeah. It's been about mm -hmm. three years ago in six weeks. In, at once, yeah. basically. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. And, and, uh, we've been doing conversions since 1984 from software to new software. And right. it was by far the smoothest data conversion that we'd ever had. And part of that was the buy-in from staff and pioneer yeah. understanding how important that was, yeah. uh, because learning new software and how it works, it, it, it takes yeah. some time. Yeah. And, uh, but I, I always remember that is that's an example of buy-in from our partners and a consensus that's, hey, we need to go to Pioneer, we think, because they're innovative, they're doing these things, and they're doing doing the things that we need to be getting ready for or do. And, uh, uh, you know, so that that's, that's an example where we just put it out there, and that's what the group wanted to do. And um, so it's, it's been a good thing. So, yeah, I remember that, that, that journey just all the way from clerk to tech, to pharmacist, to owner, everybody was either bought in or trying to learn in some way. So that was a really good example of like how you get 30 stores done quickly is a ton of buy-in. Um, not saying there wasn't bumps, um, but, but yeah, that was good. That's good. Good story there. That's good. Yeah. Um, the other thing, so I want to move to, um, we're kind of in the, it's too early, probably it, we're too early. Let's let, could I move to, the post retro dir world a little bit um sure. so we we all know like everyone's kind of waiting for a shoe to drop maybe or something like that this kind of this quarter next quarter everyone hopefully built up a war chest in some way um what what's kind of early trend you're seeing or an early success factor that you're seeing that that you did preventatively maybe or in some way that that's helping you uh, one of the, deal with this. one of the programs that helped us prepare yeah. and and uh, align rx is you know is a psao that we're in and they've always been very innovative in technology and and they have a liability report feature in their uh program that every month tells you what your dir uh liabilities were okay and what yeah. what has been paid now the scary part 29 stores our dir bill was over six million dollars now, the the nice part about that is that it, there's nothing nice about it. But uh, the <laughs> part about knowing Fair. it is we were able to use that DIR report from AlignRx to post those liabilities on our financial statement. So mm -hmm. we didn't want to go through year end thinking we had this great year end, and then yeah. in March all of a sudden it's all all the cash is gone and the profits gone. Right. Mm -hmm. So it allowed us not to overstate uh, the okay. profit with that six month cash flow. We worked real hard to make sure we have plenty of, you know, thinking if it really was a cliff that destroyed us or whatever, we had enough, um, uh, you know, we went to all the banks and got uh, financials and used that to get 
lines of credit to cover any shortfall we may have. We haven't had to use any of those lines of credit. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I think March will be a big time. That's when the first try is a try. They call it trimester or whatever trimester. they call it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and so I think that'll be the first deal. But right now, um, our cash is looking pretty good, and uh, I'm feeling really positive. Um, we've had a couple stores that have higher than others, and some you can ex- some you can explain it, some you can't. Mm. Um, I had one store that uh, one of the companies had us as rural and then made us not rural, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden we got a DIR bill of thirty grand, and they're like, "Wait a minute, you know?" Yeah. And that's a it's a small store. How do you, right? You know. Anyway, we've we've had those kind of challenges, uh, but I think we're prepared for it, and. The other thing we did that that's important is maybe we held off on a little bit of capital uh, investment. Okay. So uh, we we uh, didn't we did have a, a couple of our stores bought robots and things like that, but we really limited our expenses and we really started managing our expenses because not only is the DIR cliff the money coming out, the fact that your current reimbursement includes the DIR for the current year. Right. Right. So you've also got to get your house in order mm-hmm. for a lower reimbursement that by the way, you've always had, you just didn't know. You just, yeah, right, <laughs> right, 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 right. It was just kind of hidden in uh, this bulk payment that they were taking out. Right. Quarterly. Yeah. Or, the other thing yeah. we did good is, uh, I go, I know you probably had Ben Jolly, uh, on your podcast before, but Ben's such a talented guy with technology yeah. and, mm-hmm. He went into all of our stores and loaded the DIR uh, into Pioneer nice. so that we would have a better uh, look. And it it changed mm. a lot of pharmacies' minds of our partners because they got to see, wait a minute, that that's crazy. That I'm, I thought I was making all this money and I'm not. Right, right. And I, I really think that Pioneer played a role in us being more prepared for that as well. Oh, that's good. That's great. So you, you mentioned you know, this year's reimbursements are lower, but that's basically all you've been paid. You've been really been paid before. Um, you know, one of the things I think a lot of people were worried about was that that was going to be even lower than historical. So you guys are seeing lower, but not lower than pre DIR fee. Yeah, I think it's, uh, it, it was interesting because we have a, a chain agreement with one PBM and and we had to go through a pretty tough negotiation and we got through it. And so in the dialogue with them, uh, it was eye opening for me because they said, well, what we took the, the reimbursement from last year and added it to your DIR fee. And that's the proposal we made. Well, got it. No wonder. I mean, it opened my eyes like, well, I can't accept that. I shouldn't have accepted it last <laughs> yeah, year. I shouldn't have did it. Yeah. I shouldn't have did <laughs> it know, a year I ago. Just, I just, in my mind, I was looking at that reimbursement, not thinking, oh, we'll, oh. we'll, We'll have better quality numbers. We'll we'll get that back. Yeah, yeah. And in reality, it wasn't true. Right. And so uh, it was an eye opener for me. And uh, and I know there's mm-hmm. a lot of people who want to do independent versus PSAO versus chain on your own. And and uh, I can tell you, I've had both. And I I I'm doing everything I can to put all my contracts back into the line RX so that they're handling and having negotiations and okay. things like that. So. Um, I know uh, there's a lot of you hear people on the market say, "Oh, they're they're making all this money," and that's just nothing could be further from the truth. I mean, that's that's uh, you know uh, the network is there, and some of the contracts are poor, and and I always love negotiation season in <laughs> August. 
every pharmacy is like, well, I'm not taking that. I, I'm not going to take that amount of money. I can't, I can't afford that. And then when December comes, oh my gosh, how come we're not in that network? Uh, well, in August, you yeah, know, and it's, so right. I think that's one of the, the, the hard parts about the PSAO business is everybody says no in August and everybody wants you to say yes in December. So, mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're staring it's, down. At, well, you're, yeah, and you're staring. You're standing across from a patient too sometimes and going, right? Yeah, and then it gets a little more. You, you feel it. You feel it differently there, um, right? As well. Uh, a couple me. other things. Like, um, I think you've got what other? I guess does it change the landscape much at all? And again, it's it, again. I'm, I'm asking for too early observations, so no one's going to hold you. Hold you. Anything. Is it? Is it changing the landscape at all for brands? Um, you know, cause those were always like, I think from what I understood with, with, you know, last years and the years before that, it was always like, man, these, most of these times, these things are underwater, um, and things like that. Do you feel like it changes the landscape a little bit at all for brands? Uh, it, it has just because of the way the contracts are structured. Mm -hmm. Um, you and, know, I, I've been doing this a long time and, and if you had high volume, you could do whatever you want. I mean, if I yeah. had a high volume store. Volume made up for a lot of errors. Got it. Right. Got it. And a lot of ills. If you got reimbursement, you could say, oh, I've got volume. I can do that. Well, the problem is today, the mix of your volume is more important than the volume itself. Yeah. And if, okay. you, if you're high brand, high GLP one, think about this at the first, the last three months of, of 2023, 25% of the dollars purchased by our group was 13 drugs. Oh. Wow. GLP one. Oof. So you're, you're, and if you look at your reimbursement on GLP ones, it's pretty bad. Mm -hmm. And so we've had to start looking at how do you handle those? Do you, um, you know, we, we will only fill them if we're filling all your scripts, right. uh, you know, right. we're not going to fill one and then you go get something everywhere else. And so it's, I we're trying to do it right. And, uh, they're miracle drugs. They help people, they help our patients, but they've got to allow us to fill them. And, uh, you know, some of the, like you talk about state laws and what's important, mm -hmm. Oklahoma and Arkansas, you can actually tell the patient, uh, your PBM or insurance company is paying me less than my cost and you don't have to fill it. Right. And it's, yeah. and they can't, it's not a contract violation. So that's an example. That's a state law that we need in every state. Yeah. yeah it, it's shocking to me that that's not like, that's bonkers that you can't mention that you're going to lose money on the script in a lot of states actually. Yeah. Uh, we have uh, stores in Kansas and and I had a, a PBM send me a cease and desist letter because the pharmacist said, I can't tell you, tell you this product because your insurance is paying me below cost. And, and uh, they want to know what I was going to do about it. And had it happened in Oklahoma, I got a cease and desist letter and I sent them the PBM rules or law from the state of Oklahoma and I didn't hear another word. All right. Mm. So that would be important if we could get that done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess from also, I guess another success factor probably for this quarter and next maybe is it sounds like you're fairly diligent about controlling costs, which means you're probably putting your business out for bid on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Um, it sounds like that. And then also maybe even layering on certain things. Um, I thought you talked to me about compliance packaging or, or some of the Jerry med stuff with medical at home, or, or did you guys, you guys diving into that and leaning into that a little bit? Yeah. And what's been neat is, uh, we, uh, you know, Bill Holmes from, um, uh, RX safe yeah, and, yeah. and, uh, he and I met years ago 
uh, meeting and and uh, visited and and it was funny because he kept talking about compliance packaging and at the time they were all saying it had to be central filled mm. and when you look at the dollars invested you think so it's and huge and so yeah. he kind of evolved his product to where it was more yeah it was more able to be done at a re- at a store and so I think we have six or seven of those in our group and talk about you know planting a seed those are <clears throat> our owners that wanted to go and and work hard and do that um the the those things the first did 30 percent of our uh pack my meds patients this is what we call it 30 percent of those patients are new patients hmm. so think about how really how hard it is to get a new patient yeah really. yeah. That, yeah that that's surprising to me i i would have not expected it to be that high yeah and so it it's been a good thing now it's work uh mm. but it's uh it also we're having to as we've evolved how it the, the technology's gotten better uh, but making sure that we are contacting patients and doing it the right way um I, I always remember the first patient we had go off the pack came in and says there's something wrong with this pack i still have pills left well there wasn't anything wrong with the pack Oh really? Hmm. They, just they were just them? embarrassed that they <laughs> didn't take their pills right, and so they, you know, and so. Uh, but yeah, that's good. We sink uh, as many patients as we can, um, and, and and I've tried to tie those things together. Right. Um, I, I I laugh about compliance. Uh, HHS and and all the insurance companies think if if I send you mail order, I'm going to be more compliant. There is no way. The yeah. 90-day supply to a patient mailed to their home is going to be more compliant than one of my patients that gets it every month in a 30-day box. Right, right. And I've said that to a lot of people over over my career. And uh, my point was, if you want, if compliance is the issue, then why are you paying me less to do 90-day supply? Right. Than and Yes. 30 day supply. If, right. if you're wanting compliance, if we're paying for compliance, you should be paying me more right. for 90 days. Mm-hmm. And they're not. But P- so, possession right. isn't compliance, right? Yeah. Right. I, dude, mm-hmm. I, I absolutely hate like NPR and PDC measures. You know, just, mm-hmm. oh, you're at 80%. Well, I can guarantee you 100%. I'm just going to ship it to you every 30 days without you asking for it. And it doesn't right. mean anything, right? Like all I've done is increase waste. Mm-hmm. It's true. Good stuff. Yeah, I, one of my dreams early on when we talked about it was like hopefully getting enough people recognizing the value of MedSync to get insurance companies to actually pay for that. Yeah. You know, if you want good clinical control and good compliance, MedSync is it is the answer, right? Like that's how you mm-hmm. layer on any kind of clinical product or or, or new service. It's just especially for the most expensive probably. patients to them. Yeah. If you think about that, like like. Mm-hmm. You want to be on the same side of the table. That's the best right. way to me to get on the same side of the table. Well, you know, and it was weird. Like yeah, back when I was in renal care, that's how we did it. Right. Like mm-hmm. you synced all of your patients and you, we actually, this is one of those nice things where you have, when you know exactly where a patient's going to be, we had them in mm-hmm. facility three hours a week or three hours, three times a week. I knew exactly where they were at when they were going to be there. So we would time their medication delivery to when they were dialyzing and you counsel them there because they can't say I don't have time or I'm doing something else. I know exactly what you're doing and it's a no brainer, right? We need, when you have sync patients, you know, when they're coming, you know what they're going to do and you can talk to them about 
anything you want for that 10 minute time period. And they, and they really appreciate it. Um, mm. they get the frustrating part for us is, is people don't, uh, answer their calls or they right. don't. And so then they come in and say, well, I'm not taking that anymore. Well, said everything was, you know, and, and working through that. But mm. to me, I, I, you know, I don't work the counter as much as I used to, but I always remember the old days, a Monday. And, you know, I always tell people Mondays, you do 30% more business than any other day. Right. And so, right. you know, people come in and, and they would come in and had no refills. We had to call a doctor. Oh, we need a prior authorization. Okay. Oh, we had to do that. Yeah. All those people that are synced, we don't have to do that anymore. We've done that in advance. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think we understand. If you throw that in with e-prescribing and it's really a different uh, model today and and uh, you know people get frustrated because sync but you have to invest in the people mm -hmm. that are doing sync and making yeah. sure that the patients are contacted yep and i always go back to you see it in your cost right you see it and you, that's cash flow you see it in your cash flow you see it in your results too um yeah i, I get it well in in another weird thing that you don't see until you walk into a store that's really good at med sync you see it in the employees faces too right like when I first started Monday uh -huh. and Tuesdays, especially the first Monday and Tuesday of the month were like the worst days of the whole month without question. I walked into a MedSync store that did only MedSync early on in, um, when I first started at Pioneer and I thought they were a very slow pharmacy because the staff was walking around. They didn't have that look of panic in their face mm -hmm. and it, they were doing like 700 scripts a day, but they were doing them predictably. And that yep. was the whole difference. I, I was a MedSync evangelist from that day on. I'll do it. I agree. I agree. I'll do it. You uh, you talked about this. I think is a good segue, even though I'm going to reach back <laughs> ten <laughs> minutes um, about like uh, state laws, things it, things like that. About hey, you've got an advantage in Oklahoma and Arkansas to where you can have that relationship with the patient, have an open dialogue uh, with the patient about about what's what in that. For part of it, there's also some PBM reform, and I think there's a latest challenge to. Um, I, I think it's the Mulready versus PB, PCMA piece. Um, I wanted you to kind of expand on that, or, or give us some thoughts on on that. Plus. Well, the the yeah. the the Mulready case came up after uh, the Rutledge case in Arkansas, right? Right. And um, uh, PCMA uh, went and filed a claim against that uh, in Oklahoma. Uh, courts and they lost. Right. Mm. And so then in, uh, they did an appeal and, uh, the state of Oklahoma, that's the other thing why state, you know, our attorney general and our insurance commissioner have had to step up in these cases. Mm. And, uh, the state of Oklahoma, along with other people had to fund, uh, the defense of the appeal. Uh, we lost the appeal. Um, and I, it was interesting because listening to the logic and how they did it, I didn't think we lost the appeal, but obviously I'm not a judge. Mm -hmm. And so uh, now, because of our relationship with the attorney general's office, I, I, I'm almost 100% sure that they're going to appeal that all the way to Supreme Court. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to go back to Supreme Why is that important? Well, a lot of the things that we gained in Rutledge are at risk if we lose in Mulready. So, okay. Uh, all the pharmacy associations, the Oklahoma Pharmacy Association, APHA, N NACDS, NCPA, uh, anybody that'll, American Pharmacies, I think is in there, they're, 
they're all helping uh, helping us raise the money to 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 write the, what do they call the uh, the opinions or whatever yeah, the support. Yeah, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so so they're going to do that to help support. But if we didn't have a good relationship with our state leadership, um, they might not do this. So uh, it's important that we uh, be involved in our state politics. For sure. For sure. Um, and that comes through too, like with NCPA as well. Um, mm-hmm. I think, I think you're, you're, you've always been involved there. Um, I, I wanted to kind of like drop down like a level, I guess, from there. You even have a lot of your staff involved with NCPA. I think you guys have students doing like fellowships with them and things yeah. like that. Can you, I guess it, I, I want to expand a little bit on that as well. Well, like uh, we just hired a pharmacist, young guy graduated from Southwestern Oklahoma, Weatherford and and uh, he was active for three years in NCPA student leadership. So he wants to own his own store. He's got a vision of where he wants to buy a store. He's willing to learn and do extra things. Uh, graduated in December. But one of the things I told him, I said, if you'll come work for me, uh, we'll do, we, we basically him, <laughs> <laughs> we'll do the NCPA fellowship. And what I, what I like about that fellowship is, it's not just one thing. It's not focused. It's it's focused on ownership and ways to do it. So whether you're doing um, a program like Amina does, or whether you're doing right. a program uh, on medical at home, um, I have a good friend Tim Mitchell. Uh, Tim is mm-hmm. uh, from Missouri, just across the border here. Rockstar. He, he and his staff have have done this fellowship, and he told me he said Billy he says I want every pharmacist I have to do this fellowship oh, wow. because it gives them an understanding of the market and where all the challenges that we're dealing with are trying to be successful. And I think that's something that, uh, you know, uh, I, I'm excited. My, uh, I'm blessed because in May, my son, youngest son is going to graduate from pharmacy school uh, from the university of Oklahoma, Boomer Senior, <laughs> by the way. Hey, um, it's okay. It's he gets so, to be uh, an SOB now too. Uh, <laughs> he gets to be an SOB now as well. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Double F for the yeah. uh, But as we, uh, you know, as he comes in, uh, I, first thing I want him to do is also be a part of that program. Mm-hmm. And when you talk to Tim, if you get a chance, it's, it's, it's just amazing because he said uh, they have to pick a project. And so he did medical at home. And so they started looking at how to do medical at home and they're doing other programs that his son was exposed to when he was doing the fellowship that gave him the confidence to go ahead and try them. And it doesn't mean they're all going to work. Believe me. Um, I had a a pharmacist, uh, Sarah Lomax worked for us for 49 years and she used to hate it when I come home from pharmacy meetings. (laughs) Every time I would come home, we're going to do this now. We're going to do this now. We're going to do this now. And, Every once in a while, one of them would stick. Right, you know? right, right. <laughs> so, yeah. But uh, I, I think that's that's exciting, and it's a great program, and it's a, it's a value. So that's stuff. Yeah. Now, I, I kind of want to stay on the coming home from pharmacy conventions with ideas, and some of them don't work. Right. That's it's an important part of innovation too. Right. You have ten ideas, and nine of them look promising and fail, but that mm-hmm. one is amazing. And you don't right. find that one if you don't try 10, try 10. Yeah, yeah. Right. And so like, right. you know, every time I go to NCPA or, you know, a, a big conference, there's a bunch of really smart people doing really smart things. Not all of them work in the same locations and not all of them work in the same niche settings, 
But if, if you, you come back home and you try stuff, that's kind of like a universal. Every pharmacist that I know that's successful in their business <laughs> tries a lot of stuff, fails at a lot of stuff, and then hits one just glorious home it's, run every now and then right. that keeps them going. Yeah, and afraid to fail is mm. is keeps people from doing so many things. Yeah. It's, right. It's that's that's how I learn. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, failing at this or that, or um, you know, I, I I think you have to um, you have to be willing to try things. It doesn't mean you know. The thing I also learned from my father is, you know, we do compounding, mm-hmm. but we don't have. We're in a rural location. We don't have to do just compounding. We need to be able right. to do it. We need to be able to be kind of a general practice, family practice, medicine type space where we can do lots of different things. We don't need to put all of our eggs in one basket. And so I think that's given us longevity. You know, we have, we're accredited with HQAA. We have, uh, all of our stores are accredited. We have seven DME departments that are oh, that's right, in yeah. different stores that are really good. And that all started at a pharmacy meeting at when my dad bought a wheelchair. When, <laughs> came up with a wheelchair and, and a plan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, I'm sure he came back and I said, we're not going to sell that. Yeah, like, what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? Uh, I'll plug, I, I'll plug catalyst connect then real quick. I don't mean to, we, we usually have a policy of not plugging ourselves too hard, but you want to talk about a six, 700 pharmacy owners, pharmacist or super techs in one room sharing ideas with the software of how to try to do it. Um, yeah. catalyst collect connect. We also have a, a separate conference going on in the same building with, with LTC as well. Uh, amplify LTC. So anyone listening from that perspective, uh, we try to drive that down as, co- uh, as, as cost effective as possible for everyone to get there and do it. So that's another place to, to, to think through it. So, uh, you know, you could talk about, um, you know, one of the things we talked about concerns going forward for me in, in the profession, because yeah. you know, now my son's coming, uh, I have a long-term view where, where I want pharmacy to be. Okay. And, but what I'm worried about most is, uh, those relationships that I've had the, um, the gift developing over my career, how hard is it going to be with the new technology and, and everything's digital and you're do you're not actually meeting people face to face. And so I, I think it's real important going forward for success for you to have that time together where you're, uh, meeting, uh, at these meetings and understanding uh, how somebody does something. One of mm-hmm. the things, and I always quote my father and I apologize, but he said, everything that I do, I've learned from someone else. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, I might as well share and do my part to help somebody else be successful. And I think that's, uh, but that kind of relationships and those things, that's why you go to meetings. That's why you go to connect. Uh, that's why you go to NCPA. Right. And, and yeah. over time you can develop relationships that will make a, big difference in your practice for sure yeah so i, I kind of want to hang out there for a minute you know like if you read you know social media reddit facebook whatever you have this whole slew of pharmacists who appear to be wildly unhappy with their job and the profession of pharmacy you have a much more optimistic view on what that is like what's the difference you know some of it on um social media, which I always laugh is, hmm. is you're always willing to say things you're not willing to say face to face. Yeah. And sometimes people say things they don't understand. 
Um, I get upset if they say things about organizations that they don't understand mm. the reasoning of why they're doing it. And, and, and so I think part of it is I know they're frustrated. And, um, you know, I used to have people come in and they would transfer in scripts from a, from a local chain and, and the pharmacist, the work there is a good guy, mm-hmm. but he's under so much stress and under, so they put him in such a bad spot, stressful situation. Yeah. He couldn't practice like he wanted to practice. He couldn't take care of people like he wanted to. So, um, I, I think trying to, uh, one of the things that I try to create is in our company, I don't want to have our employees work in an environment that I'm not willing to work in myself. Okay. And I, and I think, uh, yeah, reimbursement's tough. And, and, you know, at this store in Miami, we used to have four pharmacists. We now have one and a half. Okay. Mm. Right. And so we're that pharmacist that's full time. Now we're going to have two and a half soon. And we're going to be back to three and a half in June, but it, it, it has created a more stressful situation. Uh, people, um, how they act, uh, patients are more difficult. How do you, yeah. that's real. Yeah. That is real. How do you explain to people, um, you know, especially my staff and, and I, I had a conversation this morning, you know, customer just, you know, yelled at me all day yesterday. I said, yeah. well, do you think they're mad at you? They're not. Yeah. Right. They're, they're mad not. at the world. They're mad at healthcare. They're sick. They're whatever. Understand that, that they're not there. You're there to help them get through that. Yeah. That they're not there because they want to be there. <laughs> they're right. not there. Yeah. Uh, and so it's hard. And, and I understand that working some of the, you're having to work more hours than you used to. Uh, I'm going to miss a meeting coming up here soon that I always go to because uh, I have a pharmacist that's having a baby and they're going to be off for during their meeting. And right. so I get to work the counter. So watch out world build back on the counter. <laughs> that's when, that's uh, when we get ideas from Bill usually. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, I always tell people when I, I started working the counter more the last year or two and and it seemed like the patients really love it, but our employees are scared to death. <laughs> <laughs> What's Bill going to do next? Well, yeah. Yeah, people, you have to I, manage I, Bill I, without I managing think, Bill. Josh, right. Yeah. I, I do think some of that negative feedback has hurt uh, our profession in a way that, and I'm not saying it's untrue, but some of it is, but think about how few pharmacy applications we have at pharmacy school today. Yeah. And, People are, right. are uh, not as willing to go into pharmacy school. And I think part of it's the negative feedback or they they get out of pharmacy school and pharmacy is not what they were trained or feel like they were trained. Right. And uh, so, you know, I, I, I hope uh, that we can turn it around and, you know, I, I had a medication filled. It was a generic and uh, for myself and I got paid 29 cents. For my own prescription, for your own script. I think twenty-nine cents total reimbursement for a generic right. uh, cholesterol drug. How? And you're how? thinking, how do you do this? Yep, that's that's why people are upset. Yeah, that's right. why people are mad. You know, uh, and that's what we've got to work to change. Yeah, I uh, yeah. I heard another pharmacist tell me this was really cool. Um, I think he was talking about how he talks to his staff, and he goes, you know, if someone's screaming at you as a ten right? Cussing you out, screaming at you as a 10 and the nicest person in the world is a one. If anything's above a five, it's not about you. Right. Mm -hmm. I was just so like, Oh, that's a great way to look at it. He's like in your life or at your job, whatever, anything above a five is usually not about you. Um, so, uh, the other thing I love is the challenge of helping those people, because if you can turn that 
patient from that negative attitude to a positive attitude, or they feel that you're sincere about helping them, they're your customer forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At least till the PBM takes them away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I actually, That's I was right. telling my pharmacy intern today's his last day in this rotation and he's going to go work community retail pharmacy. And I told him, I was like, there's two things you have to be able to do right away and be a good pharmacist. One is to be able to explain to patients complicated things that they don't understand at the end of the worst day they've had in a long time and make mm-hmm. them understand it, right? Like that's the patient part. And mm-hmm. then the physician part is being able to explain to a physician what value you can bring, not other than just being like, hey, it's not covered. You know, mm-hmm. They've got the same problems you do if you go to them with a solution and explain to them, hey, this is what's going on, this is how it's going to go, and this is what I can do to fix it, you have a different relationship forever with that provider. Yeah. And you know, now you've solved two problems with a provider and a patient, and it's a different world in that place, right? You're not slinging mm-hmm. pills. You're being a pharmacist. Yeah. Right. Yep. <clears throat> and I think I think you're, you've got the right attitude for sure. And I think you're, you know, I, I laugh about, uh, working down on the counter now and 95% of your scripts are e-scripts and the patient comes in and, uh, the script's not ready. Well, what you have to say is, uh, we don't have your prescription yet. Well, you call the doctor. Now the doctor's upset because he thinks that he's done something wrong or the nurse has done right. something wrong mm-hmm. and we sent it. You didn't receive it. Something's wrong with your software or something's wrong. And it, and in the old days, I would pick up the phone and just call the nurse and say, hey, Mrs. Jones needs her, her amoxicillin, and she'd give me the script, and it would be handled, and the patient was taken care of. The problem today is a patient comes in, and, and you can't do that as easily as you used to. That's fair. It's right. like, you know, so that's one of the, I, I consider the drawbacks of e-prescribing, and um, that's why I keep pushing to expand the clinical direct messaging um, mm. part of sure okay. scripts is because yeah. I want us to be able right now to send a note to the doctor to say, Hey, Mrs. Jones right. is here. We haven't received your script yet. Right. And, and then, then it's part of their normal workflow and nobody gets upset. That's fair. <laughs> right. That's fair. It's, it's created this really efficient streamlined engine of sending and receiving or sending prescriptions, but it's not very good at handling a weird exception. Right. Like it's not, it's just that that's the part that's not smooth and creates a lot of friction. I bet. Yeah. Um, that, yeah. That's pretty much the explanation of, Software development in That's general. That's fair. Yeah, like yeah. We're, you, we're you, always you design the happy at, path, yeah. right? That's you design right. the happy path, and all the time, and then it's it's when you have to actually do something different. Yeah, I mean, like it's, just it's think about elegance. you know, Bill and his group are testing out our our central reporting product that we're supposed to be going out with the cloud based version very shortly. You know, we designed it; it looked great, it made a ton of sense, and then Don went through and ran some pretty complicated queries and it didn't work well, right? And it took us another 18 months to figure out how to make it work well. That is a perfect example of it was slower and more expensive than we could have ever thought possible because you had somebody who was like, here's what I need to do. The system wasn't designed to do that. And that's sure scripts, that's software development. That's pretty much everything. We, We do a great job at explaining how things should work in the perfect scenario it's the edge cases that are common and that's where people get upset. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, uh, I'll give you an example of something pioneered it that I thought was great with during COVID, you know, putting in the vaccination screen, 
Mm. Oh, yeah. You know, I remember we we were having a call with I think it may have been you and Jeff. Yeah, and, it was me and, and Jeff. And I and I said I said Jeff I said you want to do me a favor I said every night I'm going home and I'm inputting right. all these vaccination records yeah. because I don't I can't do it in the normal workflow and he goes what do you need and he, they talked about this screen and 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 uh, what's on there because you know, you know clicking here clicking there there were questions they were asking that we've never had to answer before right for example. I never knew I could ask somebody's race. You know, <laughs> that's true, right? You know, it was a required field reporting. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, so, like I would never probably ever think to ask it. I mean, for the yeah. most part. And, and so so as we went through that process, Pioneer jumped on that and developed it and made it easier. And then I, I uh, through some of your automated uh, process, I was downstairs and, and now they're putting a, vac- a code in and all of a sudden the vaccine forms are filled out and right. and- Someone comes in our stores today, it is exactly the same as getting your amoxicillin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's part of the workflow. It's it's efficient. Uh, but part of that's because of the development of software. And you have to have a partnership with your software. And you have to have the patience to work with them. Yeah. Right. And and uh, I think, you know, uh, Pioneer being willing to do that is, is uh, the reason for their success today. Yeah. Um, and it does require a lot of patience to work with Josh. Let's be real. <laughs> No, um, it doesn't. He's, he does good work. And <laughs> Don Don Buckner is one of the, the benefits that we have as a, our group is we have an IT director, and he's been able to kind of be a buffer yeah. sometimes between uh, Pioneer and our stores and hardware and software. And and, and uh, what's nice is uh, you know we early on talked about the central reporting server. I think it's right. going to be critical to Pioneer users. Uh, as they go forward, because I I know how important it is to us as a company uh, to be able to do that. Yep. And uh, you know, if someone wants to know how many how many scripts is all your stores filled, I got to go add it all up. I don't have right. it all together. And and so uh, I'm excited about that. And and Josh, I know uh, I remember uh, every day we're one day closer to the right product. I yep. just remember that. Well, I mean, to to Don's credit, he has literally found every silly thing we did. Yeah, yeah. he's like, hey, this doesn't work. He's I'm great like, at it. You're right, it doesn't work. Let's go get it fixed. Don Buckner, he, got he a does shot the same thing today. to me, buddy. <laughs> I'll take it. Got to, got to. Uh, all right, well, well, okay. Well, one, every, the world wanted to know what Bill Osborne thought. Now they kind of do. Um, from that perspective, uh, let's go on a couple of things that are a little more fun and we'll wrap up. All right. Okay. Uh, so before we do prescribables, um, I need to ask you what a, ask what a, what a, what a skinny pirate is. <laughs> what, 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 what is oh that? My God. What is that? So, what is that? So I started going to uh, pharmacy <laughs> meetings and I would, I, I'm a Captain Morgan's fan. I like Captain Morgan's and I think it's cause it's like drinking a vanilla Coke. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and so, uh, I went to a, uh, pharmacy meeting and I think it was in San Diego and they added the, you and I went up and I said, Hey, I'd like a Captain Morgan's diet Coke and lime. And the guy says, uh, as well, he says, you mean a skinny pirate? I said, Oh my gosh, that's, that is great. That's fantastic. Can I, uh, can I use that? He goes, absolutely. Well, it turns out nobody else knows what a skinny pirate is. <laughs> and so we were in Puerto Rico at a pharmacy meeting and, uh, you know, Puerto Rico has all that ROM, right? And, yeah, and yeah. so, so I ordered a skinny pirate and the guy looks at me and he is, what kind of freaking 
drink is that? And I said, well, it's Captain Morgan's diet. And, 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 it, and it was like, I was just stunned. There's this guy in this white coat. It's the cost of me. So <laughs> I order skinny pirates all the time now and then have to explain them. And then uh, Darren, I think, and some of the others have, have, uh, have drink skinny pirates. But think about it. You can take that and do a, uh, you know, redheaded pirate is <laughs> Cap- <laughs> Captain Morgan's and ginger ale. Right, 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 right. right. I love <laughs> You know, you can I'm, you can have all kinds of fun with that. So, okay. yeah, it's I'm fun. calling you anything know, with a Mo- Captain Morgan it, in it a pirate in some yeah, way. Yeah, the, the one of the best parts is like, you know, cocktails have this weird history that it's similar. And this is where I get to throw in some random factoids. Uh, yeah, Josh loves his cocktails, I, by the way. Well, I love cocktails and random facts. Yeah, yeah. Um, but okay. cocktails over time have kind of gone through these like ages and 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 eras of. All right, well, you have you know, the tiki era, you have the, you know, now we're in like the craft cocktail era, but you end up with these books where people write these histories of how this drink got its name, right? Like Jerry Cook and wrecked his boat on the island of Puerto Rico. And this is how you got that. But, you know, in 50 years, maybe we have a book that Bill Osborne through every pharmacy <laughs> meeting that he's gone to has popularized the skinny pirate. <laughs> it's catching on. It's, it's right. going to catch on. It's going to catch on. And then we get to try to figure out who has the best skinny pirate, which would be hard to do. So just Diet Coke and it's just, Captain it's Morgan. Yeah, but, but. I, I don't know. Fresh lime, it makes ice, a difference. Ice and fizziness matters, right? All that matters. But, Let's be real. And the type of glass. I mean, come right. on. Yeah. All short. What do you got? <laughs> I like it. All right, cool. All right, we got that. Thank you, Darren. Um, all right, prescribables. This is a section of uh, the podcast I like. I started it. I'm still doing it. <laughs> um, uh, it's it's literally just a part of like, hey, like, what are you watching? What are you reading? What are you listening to um, that the audience might like? It can be fun. It can be work related. It doesn't matter. Uh, I'll make yeah. Josh go first, Bill, and then you can. Okay. Go. Are we watching or reading? Watching, reading, or listening, no matter. Podcasts, All right. fun, like whatever, whatever. So watching, I finally started the last season of True Detective. Um, so far, pretty good. I've got a, um, I'm a bit of a Jodie Foster fanboy, so okay, I'll take that. Um, reading is going to be super nerdy right now. You don't have to do them all. Okay. Just one. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. So True Detective then is, okay, is the okay, game. All right, all right. What are you reading then? You were gonna. What are you reading? Oh, on? so I started this the you know this new GM role. So I'm reading The Advantage again. So it's okay. like kind of a good workbook. Yeah, Craig, excellent Craig business it, workbook. By the way, and it, it's nice. Like you know, it helps you speak the same language. So all of the executive team has read it, and they kind of use it as like a a team building playbook. And so it helps when you're all speaking the same language moving in the same direction. So. Yeah. Yeah. Employees yeah. of Red Cell, if you're listening, read it. All it's right. very practical too. <laughs> like, nothing in there is like, ooh, didn't right. think about that. Right, 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 right. It's common sense, but. All right, Bill, your turn. Oh, have, have yourself a skinny pirate and read that book. Okay. okay that's good. <laughs> that's I'm good. A, I'll do that tonight. <laughs> that's good. That's good. <laughs> I like it. You know, it's funny. I, I got uh, kind of tired of, um, every day I watch the news every day mm-hmm. and, and just the news is so dramatic every day yeah. and you'd watch it. And so, so, uh, I started watching YouTube huh. and I've started watching podcasts and, uh, as a matter of fact, driving home, I listened to your Scotty Sykes, Sykes, oh, uh, podcast Scotty's that you awesome. did. Yeah. Uh, what a, what a great, uh, resource Scotty is. And, dude is. and so, I mean, learn, learning those things. So I try to do that, uh, business related. Um, and then, 
I did something fun. So I, I bought an Airstream. And so I've oh. always wanted an Airstream. And so uh, now I just go put up Airstream in YouTube and it it tells me how to fix something in an Airstream or it tells me how okay. to. And, and you know what, guys? I have, I've never camped. I've never, <laughs> I mean, it's in a garage right now, right. but it's just something outside a pharmacy that I can do that that gives me a, a, a good good story. And so uh, I do that. I also like, uh, have you, have you, it's, it's called Masters of the Air, I think. It's the new Apple TV move, uh, series yeah. on World War II yeah. on mm-hmm. uh, the B-17 bomber. Yep. Okay. Oh, I watched it. I watched the fourth show last night. It's, it's good. You know, we think about all these these kids that were 18 years old and what they did for our country. It's, it's, uh, it's a really good series if you want to watch it. Yep. Good. All right. Um, those are uh, good. Mine, um, first of all, Airstream, though, real quick. I wanted to get back to that. <clears throat> okay. I can appreciate that because I, I also – bought a Tacoma. I know that sounds stupid. Everyone like two or three years ago, I've had the most fun just like tricking it out a little bit. And I just watch YouTube videos all the time of like, how do you do it? I don't know how to do it. Anyway, that's all good. So I I feel you there. Um, so I call it the taco, um, that was bestowed (laughs) upon me, uh, by the dealership. But, um, I guess the one thing I would say is uh, last weekend I watched, uh, I think it was called mostly harmless. It is a documentary about a guy who decided to like hike the Appalachian trail. It's long. If you don't know it, it's really long. Um, he was a software engineer. He scrubbed kind of the entire digital world of his, of his thumbprint, I guess, uh, digital Ooh. fingerprint of the world. He ends up starving himself. Uh, this, I'm not going to give it a, the end away, but he ends up starving himself and dying. So, but, and there's this whole Every, mystery around who he is. I think you did literally <laughs> no, just no, give that's it not, away. That's not, that happens in the first five minutes. What a story, right? <laughs> I know. The whole story is just like, these people are like so motivated to find out who he is um, and all of this stuff. And they ended up doing it and it took 10 months. But it was, it was a, that part was a good story. Um, but um, it's interesting. There's a twist at the end. I'm not going to tell anybody about it, but. I don't want to ruin okay. it, but that's, that's the story. It, it's, that's if, you kind wanna, of, if you want to sit in a dark room and put some sad music on, that's a great. It, it kind of reminds me watch. a little bit. Like, do you guys remember um, that movie Grizzly Man from a, a few years back where the guy's like, yeah, I made friends with the grizzly bears. They love me. They would oh, never do man, anything. And then predictably he gets eaten by a bear and you're like, <laughs> a little, and didn't little, see that one coming, right? Right. A little bit of that. Yeah. No. So good, good docuseries. It's on HBO, I think, or whatever, mm. whatever HBO is now. Um, but it's Max. Funny. Yeah. Max. Well, the, sorry. So my Airstream obsession was, was funny. Uh, my two boys were out, we were empty nesters, Jane and I, and, and, uh, someday we you having one of those conversations about the next chapter of your life and what yeah. do you want to do? And she said, well, tell me one thing you've always wanted to buy in your life. You've never bought. You, you, you never thought you'd ever buy. I said, okay. So I said, an Airstream. And her face just went white. He's like, you don't camp? Ew. You don't fix cars? <laughs> you, you, you don't do any of that. Says, Why do you want an Airstream? And I said, when I was 11 years old, or excuse me, I was eight years old, the Apollo 11 astronauts landed on the moon. All right, all right. Came back to the Earth. They splashed down in the Pacific Ocean. And they were quarantined for 21 days in an Airstream trailer. <laughs> I did not. And so, since that. I've been eight years old, I've been fascinated with Airstream trailers. Airstream, probably because of that silly reason. So that's all, that, that's uh, actually a pretty good reason to want to want an Airstream. Astronauts do it. Yeah. So. so now, do you watch YouTube in your Airstream? 
Well, I, I have. Yeah. I, yeah. I actually, I got it in October of the big closeouts and I've, I, I've done two things with it. I've driven from the dealership to my driveway okay. and from my driveway to the storage garage. I haven't even had it out. I, gonna... I'm, I'm buying the stuff. I'm following the, the, the YouTube channels. There's incredible YouTube channels. So right. it's, uh, it's been fun. But, and, and for me guys, I, I think, uh, you got to have something outside of pharmacy to do yeah. mm-hmm. something that's unique to you and your family that, that, that you like. And, and this is something that's given me something outside of the profession. So. Yeah. I hear you. That's good, that's man. Awesome. Also similar story with me. I've done a lot to my Tacoma and it has never been off the pavement once. So <laughs> not even once. That hasn't even seen dirt ever. <laughs> so <laughs> I got to see this car. Oh, it's, it's not, not even that great. It's just, I just enjoy it. And then after that, people were like, are you going to take it somewhere? I'm like, no, no, I just drive it to, just drive it to work. It, it or scratch it, <laughs> Why right? would I do that? Do I don't want to get it dirty. What are you doing? <laughs> All, right. All right. Well, Bill, thank you so much for your time, man. This was a great, 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 epic podcast. Everyone are going to want to hear what you what you have to say, what your thoughts are. We, everybody, including Darren, Darren said it for a lot of people, what you do for the profession, uh, I don't think can be stated or think well enough. So appreciate your time. Hey, thank you so much. Appreciate you guys. And uh, Mark and Josh, look forward to continued working good things together. We'll do. Sounds good. All right, All right, Bill. Take care, Bill. Thank you. All right, see y'all. Bye, everybody. Thank you for watching the Catalyst Pharmacy Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please like, subscribe, and follow us wherever you get your podcast. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts to help us reach more pharmacy professionals like you.